Welcome everyone to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and today I have with me Shelly. Shelly is a master IEP coach, but that's not all. She's got some perspective and some stories that you're going to want to lean in and listen to when it comes to special education and phenomenal outcomes and just things you would not expect. So Shelly, thank you for being here today. Absolutely, Katherine. Thank you for having me. So first of all, tell us, how did you end up at an IEP table? I started out as a teacher's aide um, 100 years ago. And then about 50 years ago said, yes, this is definitely what I want to do. I can do this. I'm going to become a teacher. And so I became a special education teacher, sat at, I can't even tell you how many IEP meetings, and then said, I want to stop working for the school districts and also work for the families. And so I started my own business and then I was researching, there's gotta be more out there, something else I can do. And I found you and, and the rest is history. Other, yeah, we've known each other for a, a couple of years now. You <laughs> came out to the very first VIP weekend for Master yes, Churches. I absolutely remember meeting you and you telling me that it was one of your goals to write a book. And that's what kind of spurred our conversation today. So we're going to talk a little bit about that book and what you've been doing and and just where your impact has evolved to from being a paraprofessional to being a teacher to working beyond the classroom. And I want every para and teacher who is listening uh, to really know that there are options outside of the classroom that make a difference and that you know there's a lot of struggle in our field and i'm never going to encourage somebody to leave the classroom before they're ready but i also know that there's a lot of teachers that want to know what their options are and what can they do because their time in the classroom has kind of run its course and that's okay too so shelly will you just share a bit about you you do um kind of like a youtube show and it's out on social media on a regular basis and it really coincides with your book. Am I I'm correct in that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the name of the uh, live stream on Facebook and YouTube is called Hashtag No Limits. And the name of the book, which I just so happen to have a copy right here, is called Those Who Can't Teach. And can't is in quotation marks. And the reason it's in, and then it has the ellipse behind it, is because throughout my teaching career, I had so many teachers tell me, oh, that student can't read, he, she can't write, she can't behave, he can't follow directions, he can't, he can't, she can't, she can't. Well, then not only was I hearing it from teachers, but I was also hearing it from, their, from the families that people were saying those same words to them. You know, you can't have a normal life, you can't have a happy life, you can't have fun, you can't enjoy, you can't do normal things. And so both the book and the live stream are about busting through those limits. Um, the book itself is about nine different families who, like I said, they have been told that they can't in some way, shape or form. And they have proven that they can and they can do a lot more than just academics or just whatever it was that they were told they can't. Um, hashtag no limits is I am now being blessed beyond anything that I ever thought possible of being able to interview people who are not in my book, but who are doing the exact same thing around the world. I actually, and it hasn't broadcast yet, interviewed somebody from Australia. 
and he is a personal trainer for people with disabilities. And it's just been amazing the stories that have come from the hashtag no limits. I've either had people on who have some sort of disability and they have burst through those disabilities um, or, or limitations that people have placed on them. Or I've talked with people who um, are support personnel in some way, shape or form. And then I've, I've spoken with ind younger individuals. I had a former student on um, oh, a few wait, weeks I ago. That. I yeah. that. As a former special education teacher myself, like that's amazing. I, I think about my former students all the time and wonder where they're at and what they're doing. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I really hadn't connected with her in a long time. And so it was nice to, she was actually the very first class I taught. I, I finished teaching, uh, student teaching, and then went into a maternity leave the very next day. And she was in that class. Wow. And yeah, so I mean, only had her for six, eight weeks, however long the maternity leave was. And so it was just really awesome to catch up with her. And then next week, I have a former student. Well, he's not really my student from school, I helped him at a therapeutic writing center. And so he's coming on next week to tell about all the great things that he is doing now. And um, so, yeah, I mean, just the stories um, that I've, I've been able to hear and to share to try to change people's perspective because yeah. I had a mistaken perspective growing up. Um, I grew up in the seventies when the law first came out. So kids with special needs were still off in a corner. They were still off in a little closet of a room down a hall that nobody went down. Shelly, let's just face it. Um, there's a lot of people that just heard you say that and said, and in my district, it's still the same. I mean, yeah. here we are. The law is 45 years old. And what you're describing doesn't happen everywhere anymore, but it definitely is still happening more than it should be. Yes. Absolutely. And that's kind of the reason too for, for getting this book and doing this live stream is to get people to understand that our students are students, they're people first. And helping gen ed teachers get over whatever it is that is preventing them from really wanting to reach out. I think, and and I can't really, I've, I've not had a teacher tell me this, but I think it's an underlying fear that teachers have that they they won't hold the kids to a high enough expectation or they they don't know how to interact with everybody who has a special need. And they're also, I think, afraid that they're going to fail. And they put so much time and energy into everything that they do that they're going, if they fail, they're not just failing their students, but they're failing themselves. So I just want to change people's minds about working with people with special needs. Oh, so, so important. Yeah. Because so I was just um, talking to another guest and when we wrapped up um, our conversation, I said to her, what's one thing that you think parents should know? And she said, um, parents right now need to know that if they're feeling down, that they're feeling kind of devastated about everything that's happening in the system, um, everything that happened in 2020 and all that, that they need to start surrounding themselves with stories and influences of success in the disability community. And what I'm hearing you say is you're like, okay, I've got a place for you for that. Because a lot of parents and teachers are like, well, 
Sure. There's one celebrity who has a disability who, you know, hit it big, you know, and, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking right. about the everyday situations that it's not even, um, I'm going to say a lot of times the wins are in the disability community are celebrated in a very um, pity kind of way of like, oh, look how cute, because they have Down syndrome, this is special. And that's not what you're doing either. So I want everybody to, to really hear that, that we're not talking about the celebrity who got a speaking role, at, you know, in a movie. And we're not talking about the homecoming queen. We're talking about everyday stuff. So go ahead and jump in. Tell us a story from your book. Give us a highlight. Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, one that I found that was it's a personal story to me and several of the stories um, I'm kind of intertwined because they were former students of mine or their family friends or whatever. Um, I remember the first time I'd been teaching this little girl for a couple of years. Um, she did have Down syndrome and they were starting a buddy walk in our area. And I thought, oh, this would be a great opportunity. She was the same age as my daughter. And I thought, you know, they can play together while we do the buddy walk. This will be great. So I asked her parents. They agreed. The day comes. I go to pick up their little girl, um, Rose, in the book. And when her dad is, is buckling her in the car seat, he looked at me very seriously. And he said, you know, you're the first person that we've trusted to take our daughter and I stopped and I said, you mean the first person outside of family? And he said, no, the first person ever. And that still overwhelms me today. The magnitude of the trust that is necessary. And that was a limit that they were busting through because they were having to go outside of themselves. They didn't have family in our area. They were military. And so they didn't have, you know, grandma and grandpa living down the street, like a lot of families are blessed to have. And so she was um, seven or eight at the time. And I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, my daughter is the same age, like I said, and, and she's been to sleepovers with friends and with family and, and she's had babysitters and, you know, she's, gone on trips with with countless organizations you know for different things and this is the first time ever and I was so I just felt like the weight of the world had been put on my shoulders at that moment and in their minds I, that's what was happening I was taking their world absolutely um, absolutely you know I, I actually I just posted something on Instagram and it talks about that one of the most disappointing things about um this lockdown shutdown thing that has happened in 2020 is that special needs parents are saying, well, the world's not much different for us. We already are limited where we can go, who we can interact with. The freedom that we have as a family who has a child with a disability is much more limited on a daily basis. And what that's exactly what you just described. They, they don't have that freedom, or at least they felt like they didn't have that. And it is possible to find trusted people. And I'm going to challenge the parents who are listening to this right now who are saying, yeah, I totally get it because I don't trust anybody either. Don't sit in that anger or even in that um, understanding like of being justified of like, yes, I don't have anybody either. If you notice kind of the moral of the story is 
but they found somebody. They found you and they were able to build some trust and it takes work and it takes being intentional and it takes somebody understanding your child for who they are, but it's not impossible to find somebody that you can trust so you can do that community outing or get that break that you need. And it so many times that's a limit absolutely that families put on themselves. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons when I wrapped up teaching that I thought, you know, there are so many stories from my teaching career where I heard things like that and I just felt that their stories were so important that they needed to be shared with the world because of exactly what you just said. You know, I, I thought I had a good understanding because I worked with students with special needs for several years at that point. But I still, even today, even after interviewing the families and getting really in depth with nine individual families about their situations, I still really don't know what it's like minute to minute. Um, I don't have a special needs sibling like you do. Um, you know, my my closest relative was a cousin who lived, you know, outside of my home. So I just didn't have that. And I thought this needs to be known. Um, yes, and I love that. And here's why I love this. And I've never really... Um, you and I have never talked about this. Like we've known each other for years through the Master right. IP Coach program. Uh, for those of you that are like, what the heck is this Master IP Coach thing? Yeah. Just you, know, you can head over to masteriepcoach.com. You can figure out what we're talking about and how Shelly, a former teacher, became a Master IP Coach to add to her toolbox and journey and you know working outside of the classroom. So I'd love for you to go to masteriepcoach.com. I'm also going to have a link for Shelly's resources, for her book, for her website, to so be able to connect with her. I'll have that in the show notes um, so you can do that. Um, but being a special needs sibling myself and um, my brother just being two years younger than me, uh, he lives with my mom. I'll be honest with you, I have a lot of stories that I will not share out of respect of my family's privacy. Okay. And if somebody else wants to tell that story, like you sharing that story, you know, and, and let's just say that we were in a different context where, you know, you were the person who had a story about my brother and could tell it in a way that was letting the world know what our life was like. You could actually share that better and be a better voice and a better bridge sometimes than us as special needs families, because we do have, um, we don't always have the vulnerability that that we maybe need to have to share that we're very protective of our families. We're very protective of what people know. We're very protective of uh, to make sure because we already have a lot of hurt in our life from other situations. And I don't mean that like, oh, my brother has Down syndrome and that's hurtful. Down syndrome is not hurtful. Right. Other people are hurtful. Situations right. are hurtful, not the disability itself. Okay. So there are stories that I tell about my brother and our upbringing. And quite honestly, there are stories that I don't tell because it's it's just something that, like you said, other people think they understand, but they don't. And you know, someday, perhaps, I'll be sharing all of those stories. I'm not even alluding to a book, so you guys don't ask for that right now. But um, some days maybe I'll I'll tell some of those stories. But right now, it, when you're in the trenches of it, and I'm still in the trenches of being a special needs sibling who's figuring out the adult world, we just don't share. So your book and your videos are so important to give a voice and a platform that is safe for people to share successes and to let other people know that they're not alone. So I love that. Okay, give us another story out of the book. 
Oh, goodness. Um, can I give you one from hashtag no limits? Oh, absolutely. Give us one from hashtag no limits. Okay. And I also wanted to say to the parents, I also do a show every Friday. Um, and it's called Friday with Fran. And Fr Fran is the mom of two kiddos with special needs. They're adults now. And we just talk things special education. And we try to encourage the families that are in the trenches still. And, um, you know, so if you want to join that one too, um, both of these live streams are free. So just hop on, hop on over to my Facebook page or the YouTube. Um, you can find it there. So the uh, back in the spring of this year, that seems like a long, long time ago. <laughs> it really does. Um, I was at a college basketball game and I happened to look down and one of the players on the field was missing the lower part of one of his arms. And he, I said field, it's basketball. He was on the court. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, I got to talk to this kid um, because he's playing college basketball and he is without both fully functioning arms. And so that's actually kind of how hashtag no limits started was because when I started to talk to him, I, I just went to him. I said, Hey, you know, I think I want to like, I, I want to tell your story and I think I'm going to do it in this format. Are you up for that? And he was absolutely up for it. Um, through him, I met Sam Kunert, who I just interviewed a couple of weeks ago. He has a camp down in even farther Southern Illinois than where I am, if you can believe that, Catherine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's called Nubability. And it is for people who have nubs. What, you know, like what, that's what Sam had. He was born without his left hand. And it's all about sports. And every mentor has the same limb difference as their mentee. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. And he just was so amazing with what he talked about and the vision that they have there. And, um, you know, whether it's that um, kids want to play football and they only have, a, a you know, one arm or they, you know, he said he went to a camp one time and, and the people there were all playing soccer. And in Southern Illinois, he's like, first of all, that's a sin. We don't, we don't do soccer. This is football territory. <laughs> But he said, you know, everybody that went around, he said they were all playing soccer because they were the most capable with their feet. But none of them were doing anything that challenged them with their hands or their arms. Wow. And so he was just so inspiring to me. And this one um, is not it's news, but it's not news. Um, yesterday, the gentleman that I interviewed is. Uh, one of the members of the board of directors for something called the Spirit of Discovery Amusement Park. Okay. They they are wanting to open it in the St. Louis, Missouri metro area, and it is a amusement park for every body. So it is. They have the 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 special needs community in mind, but it's going to be the type of amusement park that no matter what your ability, you're going to be welcome. Oh. I love that. I yeah. love that. That okay. First of all, we just blew some people's minds with them thinking like I didn't even think that 
some people can't ride roller coasters because the harnesses don't fit the way that they should because of the way that their body is shaped. So it's not safe for them to ride. Right. And there's a lot of different challenges in everyday things that we, you know, we think I, I think sometimes of like, well, how does that person get dressed? Or how does that person drive their car? You know, there's some everyday things that we think about, but then there's some other things that we're not even considering um, or realizing that it's okay to say, hey, we have this disability community, let's create something specific so they can have a similar experience as their able-bodied peers in, in a way that where they fit into the harness or they can, um, they can ride that ride in that way or they can travel in a certain way. Um, you know, I, I heard a story from somebody, um, actually it was the Mei Ling Chan who's on the other episode. She was talking about somebody who created almost like an Airbnb for people who are wheelchair bound. Nice. So, it, it, I mean, it was, it, it's amazing. Like we need these things because nobody's going to create them if they didn't experience it themselves. Right. So yeah. I love it. So, okay. So we have hashtag no limits. We have Fridays with Fran. We have <laughs> our book, Those Who Can't Teach that you have there. Yeah. So you've got three different places that people can connect with you um, and actually engage with the stories and surround themselves and be encouraged in that way. Um, I would love for you to, this is where I always put somebody on the spot. Oh, I hate <laughs> this. I'm not good at this. <laughs> you'll be good at this one. I promise. I promise you'll be good at this one. Okay. So, you know, we connected through the master IP coach program. We just talked about stuff that is outside of the IEP, but not really because the entire purpose of an IEP is to prepare somebody for further education, employment, independent living. Like Shelly and I didn't make that up. Like that's the purpose and findings of ideal law. It's there. Um, with that. So we work on IEP things all the time because we want people to exceed what other people's expectations are. So tell me, I promise it's not hard. Tell me your favorite part of the IEP to work on with a family. So when a family comes to you, they're like, oh my gosh, um, this is like a hot mess, I think, or something's not going right. What's one of the areas that you love to dig in with? Oh gosh. Um, it's different depending on if like when I was a teacher, my favorite area that I went to first was the present level of performance because I wanted to see where the child was, what materials I would need, um, you know, what sort of atmosphere, what, what was going to happen in my schedule, um, that sort of thing. Um, as a master IEP coach, it would either be the parent input section or the, oh gosh. I don't know. Um, the accommodate, because I, I love to, to really- I was going to say it, because I know that you and I have a love for the same area. And there's the, the accommodations and modifications and just really getting those spelled out and, and make sure that everybody understands what exactly is being given, because I will be honest, um, and, I'm, and I need to ask forgiveness, because <laughs> I didn't always specify those and clarify those as they should have been when I was writing the IEPs. And after taking the master IEP co coach course, that's where I really realized that, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Because if I said read aloud, for example, on the IEP accommodation, I knew what I meant, but the parent didn't always have the same thought of what read aloud meant. And so 
now that I understand that and we and I have them discuss that, it has opened so many eyes, both from the parent side and from the educationers, educationers, educators <laughs> side. <laughs> I just made up a word. <laughs> it's quarantine brain. It's okay. It's oh, all right. right. <laughs> but yeah, they, they have realized, everybody at the table, how much impact that has just clarifying what you're thinking because y'all don't want to be in my head and I don't want to be in anybody else's head. So just tell me what's in there. <laughs> just spell it out so we don't exactly. have to guess, right? Like let's exactly. eliminate as much guesswork as possible inside yeah. of this IEP process. Um, if by any chance you guys were listening to that and you're thinking, I don't even know what she's talking about with accommodations and modifications, how to spell those out, what does that really mean? How would that make a huge impact? Please don't hesitate to go directly to Shelly's website. And, and it is just your name, correct? So for our podcast listeners, so I, and I always say your last name wrong. It's like, I know it, it's right in my head. And then when I say it, it doesn't come out right. Um, so say your first and last name and then spell it for those who are listening on the podcast. All right, it is ShellyKino.com. And yep, both my first and last name are spelled weird. S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. K-E-N-O-W.com. And like I said, I'll have those those links in the show notes. You can always reach directly out to me and say, hey, I heard Shelly's episode. I need to connect with her. If you're like, yes, I need to master these skills for myself and for others that you want to step outside the classroom if you're a teacher or you want to improve your role in the classroom as a teacher or you're a parent who wants to navigate the system uh, in a stronger way and help others possibly navigate the system. That's where you head over to masteriepcoach.com. Then you get to work with me and Shelly and all of our other master IP coaches behind the scenes. So Shelly, I just want to thank you for coming and sharing the stories. We need more goodness um, being shared in our disability community. We need hope and light and joy. And you have brought all of that through your shows, through your book. Uh, I am super excited for more people to hear these stories and dream big and reach high for um, things that in the past were thought impossible, but we're going to change that. So thank you so much for being here, Shelly. My pleasure. Absolute great time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.